Welcome to Jane Unchained, featuring best-selling author, TV journalist, and JaneUnchained.com founder, Jane Velez Mitchell. In the next few minutes, you'll hear a secret solution to the problems that plague our world. If you want to revolutionize your life, get truly joyful, and jump to the next phase of human evolution, all it takes is one simple choice. Now, here's your host, Jane Velez Mitchell. Hello and welcome. I am so delighted to have this incredible guest who is going to reveal one of the most important aspects of life on this planet, water. Thomas Schumann is one of the world's top experts on water. That means he's a top expert on drought, on water scarcity. We have a critical situation where I'm sitting right now in Southern California. We've got water restrictions. How does that connect to animal agriculture and a plant-based shift uh, globally? Uh, Take it away, uh, Thomas. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Jane. Thanks for having me. So um, if we're starting with animal agriculture, basically animal agriculture has been around is as old as the Bible, right? Um, the way we have been practicing it for the last, uh, you know, maybe century or even last, you know, definitely last few decades, it's just not sustainable as we know, because animal agriculture takes up to, uh, to 70% of, um, of the water use. So very, very heavy water use, very heavy uh, water mismanagement. Um, you, you mentioned that I have the solutions. I don't know if I have the solutions, but at least, you know, I would have some suggestions and encouragement recommendations. So I think in terms of animal agriculture, um, we need to reduce it. And we also at the same time need to evolve it to, uh, become socially, environmentally, and financially sustainable. That's very, very important. And, um, just, you know, as, as, uh, you know, loving, loving little correction, uh, we're not facing drought. That's very, very important for the audience to understand we're facing aridification, which is the permanent state of drought. So this is the new normal. So we have to really wake up and understand this is not just another drought and it's going to go away when El Nino comes or we have heavy rains. This is aridification and we urgently need to um, adapt to to resilience, uh, to climate and water resilience. Well, thank you for clarifying. You're saying that it's way beyond drought. The drought is something that, well, comes and goes. No, this is a change where we're going to have permanent drought. And wow, where is this happening? Is it happening globally? Are there certain hotspots in the world? And, you know, I've heard a lot of uh, talk about when temperatures get to a certain point, there's going to be massive crop failures and there's already global food scarcity. There are children dying of starvation right now as we speak in certain countries, like I believe Somalia. Mm-hmm. Uh, give us the big picture on this because I think so many people are sort of conditioned by mainstream media not to look at animal agriculture because look at the advertisers, meat, dairy, and pharmaceuticals, okay? Mm -hmm. Those are the people creating the problem. But Mm -hmm. then they do these reports about almonds. The almonds in California use a lot of water. They never talk Mm -hmm. about the 2 million approximate cows, dairy cows, not to mention cattle that we have here in California, which Mm -hmm. is either one of or the largest dairy state they never talk about the massive amounts of water these cows use and the massive amounts of water these cows pollute with their excrement. Yes, um, many, many good points, Jane. And uh, let me think where I should start with a global overview. Um, okay, big picture, big numbers. Uh, currently, uh, we're heading towards 3 billion people living in water scarce uh, regions in the world. Um, by 2040, it's projected, and these numbers come. Uh, from the World Resource Institute and other uh, credentialed and accredited and qualified 
um, in, in institutions and think tanks, by 2040, 50% of the world's population, population will live in water scarce areas. Mainstream media, really, really important with the mainstream media. I don't want to bash it, but I want to encourage it. I want to ignite it. I want to activate it. I want to inspire it to really, really get the climate narrative right ASAP because climate is water. The climate crisis is a water crisis. Climate primarily expresses itself through water, and that's in forms of drought, wildfire risk, sea level rise, uh, heavy precipitation changes in biodiversity, um, water scarcity, water stress. And now, you know, we have that play out obviously into a global uh, uh, food insecurity um, catastrophe. So it's really, really important for folks to understand we can survive high carbon environments, but a human cannot survive five days without access to clean water. And that's basically uh, my, my purpose-driven mission, my massive transformative purpose, my, my business and the solutions that I have for public and private equity markets to advance UN SDG 6, which is the United Nations Sustainable Development Goal number six, um, uh, calls for uh, access to clean water and sanitation for all. So we're on a very, very destructive path, path and we don't have the time and the luxury any longer. We have to act. And luckily, uh, Vice President Kamala Harris revealed just uh, last week on uh, June 2nd, and it's historic landmark uh, you know, for the White House or any administration on the planet. It's the first action plan on global water security because specifically, uh, specifically VP Harris uh, realizes and recognizes uh, growing up in Oakland and uh, dealing firsthand uh, with, the, with the effects of drought in California when she was young, that global water security is a top domestic and foreign security um, uh, challenge. So let me ask you this. I think a lot of people are woefully ignorant about water. I personally have so much to learn from you. I see the talk of rising sea levels. Mm -hmm. I happen to live in Los Angeles, right near the ocean. Mm -hmm. And I worry about that. Mm -hmm. Then I hear about extreme rains mm -hmm. um, and uh, that's causing flooding. I've seen videos from Germany to all over the world. Yes. Where all of a sudden a town, a quiet little town gets hit by this extraordinary flooding. So it's kind of counterintuitive to see all these massive uh, extreme weather events and then think, wait a second, there's rain or water involved in most of them, yet we're talking about water scarcity. Can you kind of clear all that up? Because I think I'm not the only one who's confused mm -hmm. about that. Um, to what you just said, yes. Um, so climate expresses itself through water. So we either have too much water or too little water. Water is always local and it shifts its form. Water is the only only resource and only element that exists in three, um, you know, in, in, in three, uh, three forms, which is liquid as a gas and then as, as a physical, physical resource. So it really doesn't, it doesn't become more or less. It just shifts its form and where it's, where it's appearing. And that's very, very important to understand. Um, in terms of, you know, water stewardship and water management, we really, I don't want to say, you know, yes, we've been ignorant, we've been uneducated and we need to speed up, but um, it has just, you know, for historically, it just has not been appreciated. It just has not been respected and it has not been priced right. So what's really, really important is alongside with carbon and carbon credits and a carbon footprint, we need to understand that as a water footprint, which is much, much more important to our survival, uh, and, and we need to understand and we need to implement water footprints as soon as possible. So a suggestion would be, you know, as you have ingredients, nutritional ingredients, 
or ingredients in, in all, all times of uh, um, fast-moving consumer goods products, we need to assess a water footprint and attach that to these products and, uh, that we consume on a daily basis so that people understand when they, for example, eat a traditional uh, meat-based uh, hamburger that they're actually consuming 450 gallons of water. So it all starts with, with education, with awareness, with consciousness and information. Now, you said something to me when I met you in an event, which led me to inviting you to be on. And I know you're a very busy man, so thank you. Um, you said, well, Jane, eventually people are going to have to choose between whether they want a glass of water or a cup of liquid or a hamburger, um, a meat burger. What did you mean by that? And uh, why is that um, the ultimate choice and in other words how can this water crisis lead to um an adoption of a plant-based diet globally it's very very important to understand that water is not a commodity so water cannot be viewed and traded and treated uh, like oil copper lithium silver etc etc water is first and foremost a human right doesn't mean that it has no value because there's obviously a cost involved to um to make water consumable, you know, to bring it from, you know, from the water source to the, to the end consumer and end user. So there needs to be an adjustment um, in the price of water. Once that adjustment happens, and um, just in Davos, uh, the World Economic Forum's meeting uh, uh, two weeks ago, uh, the first uh, global uh, commission on the economics on water was established. And one, one of their um, mandates is to actually look at the economics and come up with uh, with a solution that, that eventually leads to a fair and reasonable price for water. Because if you look at the moment, for example, in California, we're paying six gallon, uh, six, $6 um, uh, per gallon, and, and water is uh, less than 25 cents, cents per gallon. So there's something, there's something not right. So once water is being priced in, into, the, into global markets and into, uh, into the economy properly, then obviously you know, prices will change. And we see that already now with, the, with other externalities, such as the as the war in Ukraine that drove up uh, uh, the price of grain and chicken, et cetera, et cetera. Same thing will happen for water. So back to your uh, mentioning when we met. So at, at some point, most likely a burger will cost a, a heavy multiple of, you know, of today's price of, you know, you know, I don't know. It's probably at a fast food chain. It's a dollar or two dollars. So if you buy it but, somewhere but, else, five dollars. And then people cannot afford it anymore because it's financially not feasible any longer. Well, first of all, uh, the average hamburger would be quadruple or more the price if it mm -hmm. weren't for government subsidies. The irony, the tragic irony to all of this is that our government, through um, the uh, various acts that one's coming up in 2023, um, they subsidize animal agriculture mm -hmm. many tens of billions of dollars a year. Mm -hmm. If it weren't for that subsidy to animal agriculture, the commodity crops that feed animals, people don't even realize 75% of soy grown is fed to farmed animals. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the hamburger would be costing a lot. So when people say, well, as I heard in one environmental book that I uh, listened to, a very famous uh, environmentalist say, well, people are going to eat what they want to eat. We can't worry about that. No. If it were $25 a burger, you're okay. damn tootin' they sure. would be going for a veggie burger. Sure. But the government subsidizes it. Yes, so yes. they are creating the problem. It, they are creating the problem. You just said the average hamburger costs 
450 gallons of water. Yes. I remember National Geographic, and I have it on my a water a magnet on my refrigerator. Mm-hmm. The vegan diet saves at least 600 gallons of water per day per person. Yes. So we've got water restrictions in here. Somebody even said mm-hmm. to me, I was watering my plants, and they said, mm-hmm. you should do that in the evening. It's mm-hmm. less something or other. I said, a mm-hmm. vegan diet saves 600 gallons of water per person mm-hmm. per day. You know, but you can't talk about that. That is... That's why we started Unchained TV. That's why we're having yeah. this discussion because you could go on mainstream media, yeah. but if you were to say, well, you know, a hamburger is 450 gallons of water per, yeah. per burger, yes. and we've got to look at that. Oh, we're out of time, you know, or I'm in, sure. in, in your pre interview, if yes. you were to mention that, you'd be canceled. Yeah. True, Jane, but but these things, these things have to be have to be voiced. Uh, you know, I'm glad that, that you know that you do what you do and you are who you are because it's really really urgent. Uh, quickly, to in terms of the hamburger, it will change quickly too because everything will be measured in, in carbon credits and uh, greenhouse uh, emissions. So, for example, that that regular traditional burger also emits approximately 2.11 kilograms of CO2. So they will not be uh, very very soon, uh, you know, legally and, and financially uh, viable anymore. Um, the question is, Jane, who is really to blame? Is it, is it the elected uh, public servants that we are voting for? Is it the cow, the innocent cow, or is it the consumer? And again, you know, I'm going back to economics and the market. If there's no, if there's no uh, demand for it, there's no supply, right? So well, one- no, but this is not, okay, I've heard many people blame capitalism. Mm-hmm. But in my opinion, this is not capitalism. This is corporate socialism, okay? It's not a fair, when I see capitalism is when I go to a veg fest and I see a mom and pop uh, making uh, vegan burgers or making soy candles or whatever. No, this is the government co-opted by industry. The head of the USDA is a dairy industry trade group leader. Mm -hmm. Okay, the agencies of uh, government have been completely infiltrated by uh, representatives of the meat, dairy, and pharmaceutical industries. Mm-hmm. Either they're going to get a job when they get out of their low-paying mm-hmm. government position, or they've had this position and then they go into the government. Sure. So um, this is not capitalism. Mm-hmm. When one, you've the government has its thumb on the scale. There's an inherent conflict. The USDA's uh, mission is also to promote meat and dairy. Mm-hmm. So they're doing like milk, it does a body good and all these yeah. kinds of campaigns. Yes. Meanwhile, the U.S. government is saying, oh, my God, we've got to stop climate change. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, President Biden is saying, I'm going to give a billion dollars so that small farmers can open more slaughterhouses. It's a complete disconnect. Meanwhile, we're barreling toward climate apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as you said, um, the United States is on fire. What it, is, it, is, it is it is on fire and let me quote again i love it and i love him he's on the hundred dollar bill uh, uh benjamin franklin 1746 when he wrote the um uh the uh, the richard uh, uh, poor richard's almanac he said when the well when the when the well runs dry we know the worth of water unfortunately jane as humans we are just inherently, intrinsically very very ignorant and we need tremendous pain and suffering until we change our ways so that's why I'm saying until it comes to that point, and hopefully it will not come there, will not come there. The only way to do it is to raise awareness, to educate and to form an alert. People have free will, but if they do not understand certain things, then they have to suffer. And that's happening, unfortunately, already in California, and it will exponentially increase. Now, let's talk a little bit about the government. OK, um, 
there was a bill in the state assembly that got killed that would have banned new factory farms, new animal factory mm-hmm. farms and new slaughterhouses here in California. It was killed almost immediately. In other words, it was turned into a study. It was it was watered down and then dismissed. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a huge controversy at Point Reyes National Seashore where dairy farmers are using a lot of the land and the Thule elk, who are the elk that who live there, the indigenous wildlife are dying of thirst, mm-hmm. literally. On mm-hmm. Unchained TV, we've covered this numerous times and we also mm-hmm. have a music video that an activist uh, recorded that plays, that explains the entire story brilliantly in a song because mm-hmm. there's been huge, huge protests uh, mm-hmm. at Point Reyes National Seashore. Mm-hmm. Now, what they're saying is the very people, the very institutions, the park rangers who are supposed to uh, protect the natural environment are siding with the dairy farmers. Mm-hmm. And they've created a fence that is starving and allowing these Thule elk to die of thirst. Mm-hmm. They've literally gone in their activists with water bottles and have fed the fed water, given water to the Thule elk who are dying uh, and the park rangers try to stop them. Mm-hmm. Now, that is a perfect example of a government being co-opted by industry. Mm-hmm. And it's not economically sensible either because it's a tourist spot and millions of tourist dollars go in, not to see the dairy cows and veal crates, but to see the Thule elk and to experience the water. Additionally, <laughs> they're polluting the water with all the excrement. <laughs> now, the first shot of this music video is the people in government making fun of this issue and asking whether you can fry up or cook up Thule elk to eat. Mm-hmm. The mentality is so primitive, is. but you're right. These are the people we elect. However, they're also representing the government. So break it down for us because this is happening all over the country and indeed the mm-hmm. world mm-hmm. where the people who are supposed, whether it's the Department of Fish and Wildlife, the park rangers, all of these institutions are working for the corporate world, not for the 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 land, the beings, and the people yes. they are supposed to represent. Yes. yes, and that's and that's you mentioned it before. Um, we're still living, and we will be living for you know foreseeable time and capitalism. And although I'm from Germany, and you know I consider myself or trying or pursuing a mission of social environmental and financial responsibility. I'm not a socialist. I'm, I'm really not a socialist. I'm a capitalist, but I'm a responsible capitalist. And it is capitalism that needs to change and evolve. I'm also- um, I, uh, I wanna just interrupt you for one second because mm-hmm. I've gone over this over and over again. Mm-hmm. And this is my personal opinion. I could be wrong, but I don't call it capitalism. I call it corporate socialism. When the US government is subsidizing the corporations, mm-hmm. that's not capitalism. Capitalism is the law of supply and demand. It's True. people that the word capitalism is thrown out when we've actually gone to a, a point of corporate welfare. Mm-hmm. Okay. And nobody talks about it. This is corporate welfare. Mm-hmm. When you have the US government siding with dairy farmers, okay, that's not capitalism. That's corporate welfare, corporate socialism. So yep. I think that in some senses, um, 
you know, we have to think about these terms because literally the government's creating this problem. People would be eating plant-based in droves because obviously making a soy burger, a a tofu burger is cheaper than raising an animal and raising the animal from infancy all the way up to when when the animal's transported for slaughter and all the food and the refrigeration and the transportation. It's a much more expensive product, but because of the government, it's cheaper. Mm -hmm. So this isn't capitalism. This is some crazy, I don't, we have to come up with a new term, but my term is corporate socialism. That's the term I use, but go ahead. I I appreciate your point. I think we're just, we're just debating terminology. We're not debating the essential point. Go ahead. (laughs) I think some of the keywords here are um, um, sustainability, uh, responsible investing, uh, sustainable finance, and also people, planet, profit. We have to do right first, and then there's that sequence, first by people, then by the planet, and then sustainable profit follows. And that's the new paradigm of, of stakeholder stakeholder capitalism. And um, it's, it's really a paradigm shift. It happens, it happens first and foremost in, in, in the mind, in the perspective, and that needs to happen. And that will happen because of, you know, climate change, of, you know, uh, uh, water stress, uh, 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 inflation, et cetera, et cetera. It will shift. We're on the tail end of this old, outdated paradigm of greed is good. The Wall Street gecko mantra, greed is good. We have to evolve and shift now to greed for the common good. That's very, very important. And people will understand that. Well, let me say this. Uh, <laughs> the best and the brightest was a sarcastic title. Basically, it was like the best and the brightest. What did they bring us? the Vietnam War quagmire. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the best and the brightest that sit around chatting endlessly, whether it's at COP26, where they served uh, ham, and even the Washington Post, which is not a vegan organization by any means, wrote a whole article, said, wait a second, you put the carbon footprint of every menu item that you served at COP26 Mm -hmm. in Glasgow, Scotland on, Mm -hmm. well, considering that the ham sandwich was so much higher in carbon footprint than the plant-based tofu dish, why Mm -hmm. did you even serve the ham sandwich? That was the Washington Post that wrote an article about that. Yet, they won't connect the dots. Mm -hmm. Uh, They still serve that ham sandwich. Mm -hmm. Uh, The major networks and um, the major powers that be, all the news that fits to print, um, news media organizations, uh, they're not not talking about this. They're not talking about this. I would love to shut down Unchained TV. I would love for the mainstream media to have these crucial conversations. They're not having it. That's why we're doing an end run around mainstream media and creating our own streaming network that you can download for free, where all of this information is there. It's a global streaming network. You can get it on your phone. You can get it on your TV via Apple TV device, Amazon Fire Stick, your Roku device. If you have an LG or Samsung smart TV, you put it in, type Unchained TV into streaming channels. No subscription, no email, no fee, nothing, because we're desperately trying to get this information out. But why is it? Thomas, you deal with some high-powered, very high-powered executives who can handle things that blow my mind. You know, mm-hmm. whatever, uh, high-tech, virtual reality. They can't figure out that 8 billion people eating 80 billion animals 
land animals alone every year, not including fish, is not sustainable, that it is a leading cause of not just the health problems, leave those out for pandemics. Um, the New York Times, February 27th, did a story, front page story that was completely ignored by everybody, given mm -hmm. the Ukraine war. Mm -hmm. But they might not have covered it even if it would have been a slow news day. It said the scientific community has concluded that beyond an over overwhelming, overwhelming the evidence is that it started COVID-19 started at the Wuhan wet market. That's a slaughter market where mm -hmm. animals are slaughtered to eat. Mm -hmm. Okay, so meat eating causes pandemics. Mm -hmm. It's causing the drought. It's, mm -hmm. cause, it's a leading cause of climate change. Some even mm -hmm. argue the leading cause. Mm -hmm. And yet, um, not to mention antibiotic resistance, uh, habitat destruction, wildlife extinction, human world hunger. I've had people who run hunger organizations mm -hmm. laugh in my face and roll my eyes when mm -hmm. I try to make this case to them. Mm -hmm. And they literally, you know, push me aside, like, get out of here. Jane you, know, you, Jane, you know the saying that, you know, the, the one who never experienced hunger doesn't understand the hungry? Yes. Right? Yes. So it, it is, to answer your question, it is a lack of um, interest, a lack of consideration, a lack of care, a lack of education, lack of awareness, and lack of consciousness. That's really what it comes down to. For example, COP26, you mentioned it, what happened there. For the first time in 46, no, actually, sorry, for the first time in 26 years, uh, it was COP26. For the first time in, in 26 years, water had a foot on the table, had a seat on the table, not a foot on the table, foot under the table, seat at the table, and only because of the Stockholm uh, World Water Institute and some actors in, uh, in the water space. So that's, that's really where we're standing when we talk about Davos and, and COP26. Now COP27 is coming up in Egypt. And now, you know, everybody realized COP26 was just, you know, another, you know, NATO event, NATO as of no action, talk only. <laughs> So now we're going into, into COP27 and everybody says now it's about action implementation. But, but these people are not actors. These people are not ex ex executors. They're just talking. And that's the problem. We don't have the time to talk anymore. We're in the, uh, in the, um, in the um, decade of action. That's actually coming from the United Nations. The, the water uh, action decade started in 2018. So we're going towards 2028. So it's all about action now. Well, uh, paint a picture of what's ahead. Um, I remember a few years ago, I heard about the fires in Malibu and a friend of mine and I went up there to try to help some animals we thought might've been trapped. Thank God, it turns out they weren't, but we were trapped. I have videotape of fire on either side of our car. And I said, I was behind the wheel, I said, I'm making an executive decision. We're getting out of here. And I turned around and I drove, but I'll never forget the video I have for my phone of just fire on either side. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a great Diane Warren song. It says, until it happens to you, you don't know how it feels. That right. moment that yep. I experienced that, I thought, holy bleep, we are yes. in trouble. Yes, we are. Fires are, as you said, the United States is on fire. Yep. And it's, it's, very, it's, very, it's very, very simple. If I should give you a little peek into the future. I mean, people have done that in the last 10 years. For example, Richard Sander, he's called the father of financial futures. Um, he said 10 years ago, the next revolution will be, the next, next financial revolution will be the convergence of the environment with financial markets. And that's where, what, that's what we're currently experiencing. So the pressure to change will come from the environment, which is happening already, 
as well as financial markets. All right, we're going to take a short break. This is such a fascinating conversation. I could talk to you all day. Back in a minute on Voice America Radio. Thank you. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit VoiceAmerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Get Unchained. Tune in every Monday for Jane Unchained on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Featuring nationally recognized, best-selling author, TV journalist, and social media influencer, Jane Velez Mitchell. This program takes you inside a trending lifestyle that's the next wave of human evolution. It all starts on your plate. If you want to revolutionize your life, get happier, more energized, then discover the secret. Tune in to Jane Unchained Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencer channel the voice america talk radio network is on instagram make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows live events and around the network we want to see what you have to share as well check us out on instagram at voice america talk radio we don't follow we lead join us the voice america influencers channel You are listening to Jane Unchained. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email in to News at gmail.com. Now back to the show. All right, we are here with Thomas Schumann, and we're talking water. This is one of the world's leading experts on water, and uh, it's such a complex and fascinating subject and it is arguably the most important subject in the world because as you said the average person will die after four days or five days without water in other words yeah we could talk about food scarcity and that's a huge issue as well but water scarcity is really right after oxygen okay there's oxygen if you don't have oxygen for a couple of minutes you're dead i don't know i'm not a doctor but then if you don't have water for five days is it you're dead Now, you can go without eating for a a far longer time. People talk a lot about food scarcity, which is a Mm -hmm. crucial issue. They don't talk about water scarcity. Um, Let me ask you, you say you talk to a lot of people who are movers and shakers, big Mm -hmm. business people. Do you bring up this issue of animal agriculture or is that verboten? 
No, nothing is verboten. Uh, I think everybody knows it. And it's, you know, it's, it's one important uh, piece of the puzzle, animal agriculture. Uh, but just going back to you, um, and I, I, I don't want to be uh, uh, impolite or disrespectful, but the question to you and all of our, our viewers and listeners, why is it that we do not understand that, as you rightfully said, that after clean air, water is the most precious resource. We are made up uh, of 70% of water. So why don't we understand and realize that? That's, for, that, that, that's, 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 that's the first question. Once we're realizing that, we're going to shift our habits. We're going to shift our, our perspective. We're going to shift our daily actions. So it's really all about awareness and consciousness. That's where it starts first. And once we realize it, then... Let me answer your question then. Yes. Anything that is in abundance is generally not valued. Okay? Very, I have never thought... Yes. I personally, until the other yeah. day when I met you, yeah, uh, and I found it fascinating. I could have talked yes. to you for hours. Yes, I never thought about water. I know okay. it's in my tap. Yes, and sometimes I laugh at people who have these special bottles. Right, first of all, plastic water bottle is idiocy. The yeah. plastic leaches into the water. You're you're sure. poisoning your own water and paying yeah. for the privilege of drinking yes. it. Yes. And so I'm always somebody, yes, I do have a water filter, but I'm not like obsessing about everything that's in the water. I just drink yeah. the water. I have a cup of tea right now. It's made out of yeah. water and a tea yeah. bag. Um, it's not, I never really thought about it because I never experienced yes. water scarcity. Yes. yes. And after I made the appointment to talk to you, mm -hmm. I open the, you know, I go online. Oh, water restrictions. Then I'm watering my plants and somebody says, hey, you know, you shouldn't water in the daytime. And yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, it's like, whoa, this yeah. is becoming an issue. So yeah. that's my own personal journey. Yes. And, and, then, and you're not, you're not, you're, you're, I'm ignorant. I'm completely. No, well, no, I don't want to. It's a little bit no, too no, hard. No, but I want to learn. I want to learn about this subject. Okay, well, let me let me give you another example because you love to go to a global uh, bird's eye view. So at the moment, every 48 seconds, a soul is dying in East Africa because of drought and no access to water. What do you think? How do they value water? How do the Arabs in the desert value water, right? So it's really, I mean, we're privileged and we are blessed that we're in a very abundant environment, which is changing very, very quickly. And then and to, to the other, to the other, uh, um, uh, thought that you shared is uh, as humans we do not appreciate anything that's free that's why there need to be a reasonable fair price on water it's very very simple but i don't understand you said water has been judged to be a basic human right okay yes. so that lay that out again you're saying recently water was judged to be a base in other words even if you're broke, you have a right to water anywhere in the world. Who decided that? That's very, uh, the, well, the United Nations. But, you know, if you go to a lake or if you go to the ocean and drink salt water, you should not be charged for that. Free access. But if you want to have water, you know, for your, for your toilet, for your personal hygiene, for your cooking needs, there needs to be a proper cost for that. If you as a corporate want to have water to, um, you know, for animal agriculture or, you know, for farming, et cetera, you need to pay a, pay a fair price for that. Otherwise, you will not appreciate it. You cannot, you cannot manage what you don't measure. You need, to, you need to measure so you can manage. It's very, very simple. So, if, 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 the, if, for example, the price of, of gas is going up, then people think, oh, maybe I, maybe I shouldn't get a second or third vehicle, or maybe I shouldn't get an electric vehicle. So we're still conditioned in this world. We only understand anything and everything 
uh, through the perspective of economics and financials. Well, and scarcity creates value. That's, that's why, correct. That's the fundamental reason why they keep the animal agriculture system going. Because if we didn't have animal agriculture, we'd have an abundance of food. Everybody in the world, those kids wouldn't be dying of starvation right now in Somalia and other places in the world because we're feeding 80 billion animals a good percentage of the food. Well, and, it's, and it's I, a I, I agree. Food system. I, I agree with you, but in this in this discussion argument, we have to be, I think, very very mindful and sensible too. I mean, every single rancher or farmer I met, these are very very uh, hardworking, honest people, and they're making an honest living. So it's not the farmer to blame. We have to give the farmer the tools to to evolve to sustainable animal agriculture. Well, I disagree with you. Uh, okay, the percentage of small farmers is shrinking okay these are massive corporations that's one of the reasons why biden decided to do that thing about we're going to give uh, the small farmers uh, the the a uh, billion dollars to create their own slaughterhouses for their quote-unquote dignity i think that's a great mm -hmm. horrible idea but you're talking about five corporations or six corporations mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. that dominate the entire meat industry mm -hmm. Okay, and, uh, just like people go, oh, but I go, I my meat is from a very special place. It, mm -hmm. Fantasy in their head is where that because ninety nine point nine nine percent of yeah. animals that are consumed in this country are raised in ginormous factory farms. Mm -hmm. They are they these animals never see the light of day. This isn't farming, okay? And uh, we don't need to try to make the wrong thing better. We need to transition to something else that is truly better for animals, people, and the planet. We've got a caller, Tom from Chicago. Your question or thought for Thomas Schumann. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, my question was that in Western states in the United States, they're dependent on mountain water primarily. A lot of that water is glacier water. With global warming, those glaciers are melting and disappearing. How is that going to be addressed, the loss of drinkable water to Western states, United States there? Thanks for taking my call. I really appreciate it. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you. Good thank question. you, Tom. Th thank you, Tom. Well, we have a very, very uh, antiquated water infrastructure system in the, in the United States. It's 100 years old. We always relied, for example, in the Western United States on the Colorado River, Lake Mead. They have historic low levels. Um, obviously, people still think, and a lot of uh, you know uh, uh, politicians, you know, that this will will change overnight. You know, and the rain will come, uh, which will not happen. These these reservoirs will not be filled up to the levels that. Um, um, that they started out with. So it's not sustainable anymore. It's not financially viable anymore. What will happen eventually is, and we've seen that, uh, you know, during uh, the, the Great Dust Bowl area as well, there will be migration. Um, there will be areas, and that's happening already, the areas that are prone to, um, to wildfire that are not insurable anymore. And banks are looking, you know, uh, you know they, they wanna, don't want to take the risk on the balance sheets anymore to lend, for example, to areas where there is a high water risk or water stress. Uh, same thing for the insurance industry. So if we cannot, if we cannot become uh, uh, water sustainable through other solutions, be it first and foremost to reduce, reuse and recycle our water, the water that we have. And you know, many, many other solutions in place already in technologies, you know, using the stormwater that hasn't been done properly, for example, in, uh, in Los Angeles. Los Angeles has uh, the, the world's largest um, metropolitan water district. So, can you, you know, a lot of a lot of solutions have to be have to be implemented. But what will happen too? there will be mass migration and that mass migration will be to areas and regions where there is still plenty of water. Well, uh, and thank you for looking at the camera because uh, we love to see your fabulous face. Um, 
it's already happening. Again, the New York Times did a story that was totally overlooked, just one opinion piece about why migration from uh, Latin America to the United States is a, an environmental issue. It now, is. A lot of these yep. folks yep. who are moving used yep. to live on their land generation after yes. generation. Yes. They would till the land, they would grow their crops, mm -hmm. they would eat them, and they lived there. They can't do that anymore. The climate is no longer temperate. It goes from extreme wind to extreme rain. Correct. They can't survive on their land anymore, so they yes. move. Yes, and, and the next, the next change. Sorry to interrupt, but then you know, speak about Mexico. The next big wave will come from Mexico City because Mexico City is sinking at a drastical rate because they have basically depleted and are still depleting the um, the groundwater aquifers. So the city is sinking. So where where shall the people go? They you know they cannot go to uh, to the west. Uh, the ocean is there. They won't go into the east or the inland. They have to go north to America. So here's what I get upset about, is that you talk to smart people in business, and their answer is, well, instead of getting rid of animal agriculture, which would allow us to reforest a good percentage of the earth, uh, trees absorb carbon, that, that would be a very practical way to actually, instead of stopping the acceleration of climate change, actually start to reverse climate Correct. change it's yes. something that everybody can do three times a day mm -hmm. whereas we all can't go out and buy uh uh teslas tomorrow yes. um and uh and yet their solutions are no and i saw this yesterday and it just made me sick to my stomach oh no mm -hmm. we're gonna put um masks on cows so mm -hmm. that their breath Unbelievable. Well, it's not funny because it's torture. Wow. They're already being tortured. Now let's put masks on them. That's and because they're depressed, be being kept in confined conditions, we're going to put mm -hmm. um, 3D virtual reality goggles. I, I, I'm not making this up. Mm -hmm. This is the sick, toxic thinking of mm -hmm. so-called smart people. Mm -hmm. So instead of trying to solve the water crisis in a reasonable mm -hmm. way, they're talking about desalification is that how you say it? Uh, desalination. 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 Mm -hmm. So they're saying, well, no, let's just continue in our decadent ways, but we're right. going to take the ocean water and make it drinkable. Makes no sense. Your thoughts. Yeah. Is, that, is that a solution? Desalination? No, desalination, well, it's a solution for some countries. Um, it's, it's way too expensive. It takes too long. And, um, and, and from an environmental standpoint, you know, once you discharge the excessive brine that you extract, uh, the salt that you extract from the water, then you, usually you put it back into the ocean and you destroy marine life. And there was also one of the reasons why just recently down in uh, San Diego, the um, 1.4 billion uh, Poseidon desalination project got rejected. And, you know, and, and with, the, with the Surfrider Foundation and the Coastal Commission, et cetera, in California, uh, you know, it's very, very difficult to, to get these projects through. But I always say, you know, also on a philosophical, philosophical uh, basis, uh, you know, if I think it's 75% of, of the oceans covering the earth, if they would be meant for fresh water, they would not have salt, right? Um, also, if you ever drank uh, desalinated water, it's horrible. It's basically dead water, it has no minerals, has no nutritional value. Uh, it's been still used desalination in Israel and, and I think in Qatar runs on it, Kuwait runs on it. So, you know, some of these countries swear on it, but it's definitely only one little arsenal, outdated arsenal, very expensive arsenal, has very high energy use uh, going forward in terms of water technology. When are the powers that be going, and this is a bipartisan problem, mm -hmm. uh, when are they going to wake up and realize, wait, the answer to all of our problems is staring us right in the face? Uh, I already mentioned the pandemic, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, all of you suffering through the pandemic, well, 
it was caused by people eating meat. Mm -hmm. And you can't just say, well, that was happening in China. We have wet markets all over Los Angeles and New York City and everywhere else. And we've been, those of us in the animal rights movement have been uh, protesting outside those and proposing bills to eliminate mm -hmm. them for decades, completely mm -hmm. ignored. Uh, we'll not cover it. The media does not cover it. Um, and that's not democratized media either. That's corporate media. That's corporate media. The reason you will not hear this conversation on corporate media is all you have to do is look at the advertisers. They're the problem. Meat, dairy, pharmaceuticals. The pharmaceutical industry is tied in with the meat and dairy industry because if people transition to a plant-based diet, they wouldn't need cholesterol-lowering drugs. Of course, there are exceptions. There are those people with genetic predispositions to high cholesterol, but in a mass scale, the cholesterol-lowering drugs, the statins, the erectile dysfunction drugs, all these drugs that people are taking, a lot of them are for preventable or reversible illnesses with lifestyle changes. So the, the pharmaceutical industry is right in there with the meat and dairy industry. The pharmaceutical mm -hmm. industry has more lobbyists than any other industry. Mm -hmm. So this is what we're dealing with, a completely co-opted mm -hmm. government. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it's, I don't know, when are we gonna hit bottom? When you said, well, you know, people haven't suffered enough. Does, you know, when you're, when your house goes on fire, it, it's like uh, the gun control issue. Sometimes, you know, when people are shot themselves, mm -hmm. that's a wake up call yes. to yeah. the issue of guns. It, yes. it's, it becomes less hypothetical and more real. Yes. And I don't want to get into politics mm -hmm. because we need everybody yes. on both sides of the aisle Absolutely. to start thinking about Absolutely. water. Absolutely. But, and, and, but, and water and water is a beautiful subject because it's it's not bi bipartisan. Uh, water. I mean, it the, is bipartisan. The, I'm sorry. Well, but what, what I'm saying is water doesn't divide. It, 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 it unites. And that's the beautiful thing. It doesn't discriminate. It doesn't doesn't segregate. So water is a very, very powerful issue to drive the agenda. But in terms of change, change only happens when you experience uh, certain certain things on the personal level, individual level. It might be yourself or might be through your family. And I can speak about that in my personal life. And that's how I found my way to water. So any revolution, any movement, any change is always happening on the personal level. And yes, we can blame you know, corporate socialism or animal agriculture. But we as consumers voting with our dollar, we have to make that change on a daily basis. For example, I haven't had, I haven't owned my car for the last five years. That's because I'm a minimalist and also because I'm about sustainability. I have two pairs of shoes. I count uh, the, um, uh, the number of underwear and, and suits I'm wearing and trying to keep a very, very consumptive uh, footprint. But if you look at America, people have uh, big houses, they have big garages, they have even additional storages. There's just a lot of stuff. So we really have to change our lifestyle. Less is more, becoming minimal, sustainable. That needs to happen on all levels. Yes, and on the food level. On the food level as well. And, you know, look at the obesity rates. I mean, you know, I'm, you know I, I am an American. I have the American, American citizenship. I have the German citizenship as well. So I speak as an American. I consider myself a patriot and I love America. But we need but to change. We need to, be, we need to become aware. We need to, we need to realize, Jane, too, that this is the sickest nation on earth. Of course. I just read an article this morning that 40% of Americans are obese. So people need to wake up and they yeah. need to, and I'm going to be, I'm going to get very, very, you know, outspoken and aggressive now. They need to stop drinking the Kool-Aid, the Kool-Aid from the mainstream media and the Kool-Aid that's being fed to them for decades. The propaganda that America is the greatest and richest, the most healthiest and wealthiest nation in the world. America is on fire and it needs to change. It needs to wake up. 
And I have hope for America. In my opinion, America is still God's blessed nation, but we have to embrace it, embrace it and we have to change our lifestyles. We are talking with Thomas Schumann. He is one of the world's top water experts. And what he said is ultimately, you're gonna to have to choose between, do you want a glass of water or a cup of tea or a meat burger? Because it costs 450 gallons of water, 450 gallons of water for one burger. And so we create these other burgers, uh, bean burgers, tofu burgers, burgers that mimic almost perfectly the taste of meat, which is not my thing, but I've had people, they've done taste tests with the Impossible Burger, people can't tell the difference. I've actually returned Impossible Burger saying, are you sure this is not a meat burger? Cause I'm afraid to eat it. And yet people say, well, this is my right. Well, you know what? My dad used to say, freedom isn't shouting fire in a crowded movie theater. I know that's an old fashioned saying, but he used to say it all the time. This is not just a personal choice. When we are in a drought, when we are in a permanent drought called what again? What is what it's is called? It's called aridification, arid, arid areas, aridification. That's that's a science based term. And, you know, scientists will will confirm that that's the state we're in. It's not drought anymore. It's the temp. It's 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 the permanent state of drought aridification. Where look, I'm in California, obviously very hot and very dry. We don't get as much rain. They say when it rains in California, it pours, baby, it pours. Yeah, but it doesn't pour that often. I know people living in Arizona. I mean, it, it, when, when it's impossible to walk across the street with your dog because their paws are on fire mm -hmm. from the heat, I mean, what, what does it take for a wake-up call? You know, it, you can have a gorgeous house, but if you can't walk out without fainting because it's so hot and then you've got to go back into your air conditioning, mm -hmm. is that... I mean, at a certain point, you got to say, wait a second, we are very self-destructive. See, people, one of, the, one of the fundamental flaws, I believe, of our society is that we assume people operate in their own self-interest. Au contraire. I speak as a recovering alcoholic, mm -hmm. 27 years of sobriety. Mm -hmm. I did not uh, act in my own self-interest. Mm -hmm. I was completely ruled by this desire to drink. And I hit bottom. And then mm -hmm. I realized the dichotomy is the only power you have is the power to realize you're powerless and stay away from it. The only power you have is to stay away from it. If you can't successfully negotiate with a substance, a behavior, mm -hmm. uh, a mentality, your only uh, power is to stay away from it. You'll never win. You can't yes. go back to that blackjack table thinking you're going to win the next time, but that's the disease. Mm -hmm. So we're not, uh, we don't think in our self-interest. We're self-destructive, mm -hmm. whether it's food, whether it's gambling, whether it's sex, whether mm -hmm. it's financing, mm -hmm. and there's programs for all of it because everybody's got something, it appears. Yes. So we have to hit, oh, if you use the recovery metaphor, you have to, you have hit, you have to hit rock bottom. Yes. That's now, the only there's way. something that's called the only high way. bottom and yes. there's low bottom. Yes. High bottom is, I would have to say, I still had the job, the car, the relationship, right? I made a fool of myself at a party mm -hmm. in Hollywood and I woke mm -hmm. up the next day. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, who was that? That was me. Mm -hmm. oh, horrible. And thank God one day at a time, I'll have to knock on wood. I haven't had a drink in 27 years. Uh, but 
then there's low bottoms, people who drive the wrong way on the freeway and kill mm -hmm. a family, mm -hmm. people who go swimming and drown, people mm -hmm. who end up in the gutter. OK, mm -hmm. we have a homeless crisis and I'm not saying everybody, but there's a good percentage and the statistics bear this out of people who are suffering from addiction. Mm -hmm. So. Um, how do we deal with that? If it's if people are not operating in their self-interest and they're hell bent on eating their burgers and living their lifestyle and having their lawns and their yeah, you know, golf golf courses that are perfectly manicured and using all this water. Mm -hmm. Well, what's gonna be bottom? That's my last question to you. We have two minutes. Benjamin Franklin, when the well runs dry, we know the worth of water. When, when these, the well, when, wait, let me say it again. When the well runs dry, we know the worth of water. Yeah, and wow. let's not let's not let's not let's not have it come thus far. Let's be smart. Let's change. Let's prepare. Let's educate ourselves. Let's do the right thing. This has been such a fascinating conversation. And I have to say, I really appreciate you joining because I know it takes courage. You're also in the business world. As we wrap up, tell us a little bit about your business because I'm still a little confused. Mm -hmm. Water is a right, it's a natural resource, mm -hmm. and yet there is a market for it in some yes. way, shape or form. So explain that if you would, we've got like 30 seconds. Okay, um, so so basically, my business first and foremost is to advance my mission of uh, you know global water security, to 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 educate, inform, alert, uh, inspire, activate, encourage. Um, in terms of the business, I've developed uh, the world's first uh, 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 in index family for water security. So basically, we're looking. We have a global version, a U.S. version, and the, and and and, and the Euro version. We're looking at these companies in these indices, which, were, which are identical to the MSCI world. Um, that's the largest, uh, one of the most prominent global equity indices, the S&P 500, probably most, most viewers or uh, uh, listeners know it, as well as the Eurozone indices. Indice. Okay, oh, wait, hold on one second. We'll finish it off. Thank you for Voice America. We appreciate it, but we're still live on Facebook. Thank you, Voice America. Thank you for tuning in to Jane Unchained. We hope you'll join Jane Velez Mitchell for the next edition of her program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Meanwhile, have a peaceful week.